chopping the street one mega million dollars at a time. An unconventional motorcycle outlaw love story about transformations of all kinds, including taking an international motorcycle club and making them into a global investment service firm on wheels. This is a fictional story I wrote after 9-11. It was really about white-collar crime. So here goes. September 11th had forced even the most isolated New Yorker out of their apartments, and life had changed dramatically. Some began talking to neighbors they never bothered to say hi to on the street, and some began to notice neighbors they had never seen. Two years later, Allie Walker hardly recognized herself in the mirror. The most terrible experience of her life and the aftermath corresponded with, corresponded with what felt like an ongoing midlife crisis. Yes, she was 40. She wished she was 20. She wished 20 was her midlife crisis. She couldn't imagine making it to 41. She had done every kind of job possible in New York City except for waiting tables and prostitution, and prostitution was beginning to look a lot more appealing than waiting tables. Actually, Allie was so, blah, 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 can't say the word, passionate about blah, 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 she couldn't even imagine taking money for it. But damn, if she could, she'd be very rich. She was in the prime of her life. This wouldn't be... This wouldn't be a big deal if she didn't live in Lower Manhattan, where the majority of single men her age were gay, and she didn't mess with married men. Um, I'm kind of editing myself because this is iTunes, and I don't want to use adult words. And I realize um, the content of this story is more appropriate for Playboy magazine. So I'm just going to read you some excerpts from it. And um, it's just meant to be an entertaining story about white-collar crime, hypocrisy, and gossip. Her single childless 40-year-old body had slimmed down from all the stress, ripped from years of martial arts, and along with a sex drive and overdrive, her body felt like an alien from another planet. Allie was shocked by her intense blah blah she felt when she focused on any expression of male virility and the lusty returns from guys she was receiving for the first time. She was always a great athlete, but during college she became chunky, aka invisible, but maintained her athleticism and stunning long muscular and sexy legs. Her boobs were real and they were they were her largest endowment. Actually, her sexual enthusiasm was even bigger than her double D cups, and right now her sexual sonar was focused on a big Nordic biker, six foot four, with long blonde and gray hair and a beard to match. Um, that's me saying beard to match. And he had just walked in to check out the new coffee house in the neighborhood. In the city, men and women were as muscular as possible. A visual message that says, "Don't with me." Muscles are urban jewelry, and baby, this Nordic god has beautifully wrapped jewels, at least what she could sex, I mean see. Damn, if only she had x-ray vision, sex-ray vision to go with a sexual sonar. The longer you lived in New York City, the more you resembled a Tourette sufferer. No filters, and sometimes that's a good thing. The stud with his buddies equally ripped and busily tattooed, but all she could see was him. I lock. Her <clears throat> got <clears throat> and her long pointy tongue popped out of her mouth down to her chin. She arched her back and rolled her eyes. He walked over to her and she stood up on her tip tippy toes. You know what? I'm not going to read you the rest of that paragraph, <laughs> but I really loved writing that paragraph an awful lot. Um, well, let's say they they make it in the in the coffee house in the in the bathroom. It's really great, great, great scene. 
and um, he he happily clears his throat <clears throat> and says, "My guys and I are leaving on a trip today. Now, actually, after we have coffee, we'll be back in the beginning of the next month. Stop by." He gave her his address, and she followed him out of the bathroom. Oh, I'll leave out that little sentence. <laughs> this person waiting outside the bathroom rolled his eyes, but he looked envious. His guy smiled with pride, and she thought to herself, if I drop dead today, this was a <clears throat> highlight, literally. Damn, he must live nearby. Why had I never noticed him? That was New York City. But if she had noticed him pre-sexual overdrive, pre-shed pounds, and a new blonde streak, she wouldn't have even been given the time of day. Um, later, she walked by the address. She realized it was the house of a motorcycle club called the Lethals, an international biker club. She'd noticed the house, but it had never really registered for the last 20 years living here, except that a realtor had once told her this street and the street the police precinct were on are the two safest in the neighborhoods. In the month he was gone, she read everything she could on the Lethals, but first she read every newspaper published in, the, in New York, plus the Financial Times. She had enormous contact with Wall Street, temping all these years, and the Wall Street Journal and the Financial Times were more entertaining than any soap opera on TV. The more she read on the motorcycle club and rival clubs, the more freaked out she became, and then she realized there, they were a lot like the businesses, especially in the early 1900s, before all the checks, balances, and income tax were established, and she laughed bitterly to herself. The books on the clubs only went up to 1980s, and then they stopped completely. Had they gone more mainstream or just smarter about existing below the radar? What's breathtaking were the bikes, and they they represented freedom, rebellion, and all the FUs most of us dreamed of saying, but didn't. The bikes were stripped down to the bare minimum, and they were reconstructed and painted to express the maximum. Sex, fierceness, and beauty welded with rebellion. The more she read, the more she understood they were a subculture force that greatly influenced culture worldwide, a culture they rejected and rejected them and consumed them. The more politically correct, repressed, and desexed society and the, world, the workplace became, the more appealing outlaw biker culture became. Motorcycle sales continue to rise, and so do more accidents, mostly by posers and wannabes. Even Victoria's Secrets was using biker themes to sell their underwear. She thought of him, the Nordic god, bad boy, and the incredible great sex they had had. Her body was in heat, and she could re all she could think about was the heat, and she, the heat he and she radiated. She never had driven a motorcycle, but she fantasized about being on on his, holding on to him, pressing her face into his back, trying not to drool with happiness from her mouth, both mouths. Basically, she got back when he got back. He's, una he's an unattached super stud, bad boy, and president of the club, pushing the big 5-0. He pops a Viagra before the major mm -mm fest is scheduled to begin at his place, the motorcycle clubhouse. In the middle of their major sexual Olympics, he literally dies of a heart attack. The doorbell rings and it's the feds literally at the door to arrest him, but they can't because he's dead. In the meantime, the guys are grieving so hard and also freaking out that they blurt out their worries in front of Allie, the chunky, the ex-chunky invisible woman, the story of her past life. However, she's read every financial reporting for the last two decades and has been a fly on the wall of more temp jobs than anyone would want to imagine and she guides them 
to make a decision that makes them a windfall. She also concludes that they should invest in cell phones in technologically evolving countries where they have clubs, and she makes them even bigger bucks. She expands to investments abroad in satellite dishes to state-of-the-art entertainment devices that are portable and also cell phones. Needless to say, they make her president, although it's hush-hush because they're sexist pigs and she doesn't even drive a motorcycle, but money talks and so, do, so does brains and even more money. She transforms them into a global investment service firm on wheels, so powerful that even the most prestigious Wall Street banks around the world have to sit down with her and the club. She enjoys this because there's a thin line between the phony, political, correct, arrogant world of white-collar workers and the outlaw motorcycle club club the outside motorcycle club and forcing the elitist snobs to see the line is thin delights her was the veneer of political armor decorum and operations dissolving no people see what they want to see or vice versa ali was confident she was doing some unconventional conscious raising on both sides of the street and everybody making was making mega millions so she was seeing the best behavior on both sides of the table, but she saw little difference between the white collars and the black leathers. They would give to the same charities. She knew after closing the newest, biggest mega money-making deal, they'd have a Bacchanal adventure on bikes out in the wilderness, and the white collars envied their freedom as they had their quieter or not-so-quiet parties with servants of all kinds. The mega wealth was above the law, and they knew how to look and behave to get away with activities below the radar. I mean above the radar, but even they got busted occasionally. Today's New York Post reported corporate corruption costs New Yorkers $13 billion plus. They cited Enron, Adelphi, Tyco, Global Crossing, and WorldCom. This was criminal activity the Fed successfully or not so successfully prosecuted. Readers, I wrote this in 2003. Allie marries a young biker with magnificent tattooed arms, and yes, she gets her own Harley Davidson, actually a classic 1936 knucklehead restored. Like studying Wall Street, she studies motorcycles. Now she can take them apart and put them back together and make it better. Her preferred, her preferred form of motorcycle transportation is her husband driving them on his wildly painted, made-over 1977 FXL low-rider Harley-Davidson because the global financial, because globally, global financial dealings in the mega-billions can be taxing. She loves resting her cheek against his muscular back, her eyes closed, arms wrapped around him in a passionate hug. She tries not to drool on his leather vest. Here's to happy endings of all kinds. Postscript, rumors. One, rumor. She was jumped by lethal club member and his girlfriend. They are no longer part of the club due to permanent health issues. The martial arts studies paid off. Two, there are rumors she's an international arms dealer. Three, there are rumors the feds came to her for advice on international dealings. Four, she's pregnant with, with twins. True, and they will be biker babies. That is my story um, edited. I had to take out a couple of words and um, a sex scene, but um, writing this piece gave me um, the greatest joy of any muse, any inspiration. Um, uh, usually muses cause me a lot of pain. This was very joyful and I did a, a whole series of painting and poems and I'm super grateful um, you know to have a muse inspire you and um, you know that's that's a life force and after 9-11 to have this was really a form of life-saving inspiration. Thank you.